So we're continuing in our series called Shortcuts. Today we're going to learn about this thing called redemption. In fact, Jesus took no shortcuts to redeem us. The road was a hard road and he took it. Why? Because of his love for us. So take out your notes as we learn today this thing called redemption. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon, and good morning, everyone. As Pastor Sheldon said, this morning we're going to talk about the road to redemption. And I think for everyone here, we can all, can kind of, we can all relate to that first video. I don't know about you, but I look at my life and I can see many places where I scribbled. Those mistakes. And many of us, we find, us there. We find ourselves there. Maybe it's, because of, maybe it's because of sin. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's because of what's happened to us. Or maybe it's because of our own choices. But everyone finds themselves at least once on this road to redemption. And for me, I found myself on this road a couple years ago. A couple years ago, I made a very bad decision. I chose to be disobedient, not to, man, not to just man, but to God. And because of it, I faced a big price. And the reality is, as I shared last week, is anytime you take a shortcut, there's a price that's going to be paid. You're going to have to pay a price every time you take a shortcut. And for me, when I took that shortcut, I paid a price for it. A price that I wasn't exactly, uh, well, to be honest, I was actually arrogant and I was ignorant. I was prideful. And and, and although I knew the price I was going to have to pay, I thought it wasn't going to affect me as much. But it did. Why? Because it almost derailed me from the path that God wanted me to go. And so... As that happened in my life, as I made that decision, I found myself on this road to redemption. And, you know, this road of redemption is very funny. is because a lot of times you don't go just alone. you got to take baggage with you. Because of what you've done. Because of what's t- taking place. And so here you are. You're, you're on the start of, of this road of redemption. And I remember just... Uh, feeling like, man, I messed up so bad, Lord. How are you ever going to redeem me? How are you ever going to take me from, from where I know you were calling me to go and what you wanted me to be and who you wanted me to be? How are you going to take me from right where I am now, stuck in this mistake, stuck in this bad decision, stuck in all this pain? How are you going to take me? Why, why would you even want to take me to where you want me to go? Do you even still love me? And then... I remember what his word said. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And when I, when I heard that scripture, when I heard God's way say, hey, I know you messed up, but now I'm going to show you how much I love you. It's time that you start the path of redemption. You know, redemption is the act of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus came to this world to die for us, to pay the debt for our sins, and to redeem his life for ours. But as you heard Pastor Sheldon say, the the road that Jesus took to redeem us had no shortcuts. Why? Because he values us too much. He values us too much. He loves you and I so much that he was willing to say, hey, I'm not going to take the shortcut. I'm going to take the long, hard road. 
And this morning, we're going to learn that when it comes to the road of redemption, there are, no, there are no shortcuts. None. No shortcuts when it comes to the road of redemption. By discovering three biblical truths that will help us on this journey. And the first one is this. The road of redemption starts with a relationship with Jesus. The road of redemption starts with a relationship with Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7-10 says it like this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Now some of you might be going, what? Because I'm not going to lie, when I read this, I thought the same thing. I went, huh? What? That's a lot of words. A lot of big words that I don't really know. But let me tell you, I know two words. It starts and ends with it. In him. You see, the road of redemption starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ because the truth is this. We cannot redeem ourselves. We cannot redeem ourselves. Like, we can't just say, you know what? Redemption. It doesn't work that way. We're the ones needed to be redeemed. We can't make redemption happen. Why? Because we're the one in need of it. See, the road of redemption starts and ends in him. Now, some people think, some people think that, hey, wait, 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 wait. Can't can't I just do good things? Like, can't I just do good deeds? And and if I do like a thousand and two good deeds, doesn't that erase the thousand and one bad deeds that I did? No. That doesn't happen. Why? Because you still did a thousand and one bad things. It doesn't happen like that. But we are redeemed. Not because by doing good deeds. We're redeemed because someone did the greatest deed. Died for our sins. Took the cross. Took our punishment. You see... It is by the blood of Jesus that you and I are redeemed. That's how you and I are redeemed. See, blood is the price that needed to be paid, that has to be paid for sin. We see it in the Old Testament. You read in the Old Testament, you'll see uh, God uh, speak to his people, and you'll hear a lot of the people, they'll, they'll sacrifice or they'll put up offerings of their cattle, their oxen, their sheep, their goats, their, uh, what, their birds, whatever they had. They would, they would have to take an animal to the altar and kill it and sprinkle blood all over the altar to atone for their sins. Why? Because sin equals death. There needed to be a price for sin. Romans 6.23 says it like this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, we can't make redemption happen for ourselves. It has to come from Jesus. After I made my mistake, I, I remember, uh, I mean, I remember just feeling really bad, like feeling junk. I almost felt, I felt worthless, actually. I felt like I made a, I made a bad decision. It was going to affect my life forever and ever. And then I kind of got myself out of it. I was, I was smart. I surrounded myself with good people. 
And I started saying, you know what, I'm going to start doing stuff. I'll start, I'll start getting things right. And so I started uh, doing, trying to make up for what I did. I started doing this and that and this and that in hopes of that people would see all the good stuff I was doing rather than the bad decision I had made. And so here I am, I'm doing all these good stuff, all these good stuff, and then a good friend of mine came and she said, you know, I see all the good you're trying to do. But it looks like you're trying to earn your way back. It looks like you're trying to earn your way back. You're trying to make everybody see all the good that you're doing now, but that's not the way it's supposed to go. Because that's the shortcut. Anybody can just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to do a bunch of good things. And, and if that was the way that redemption worked, then there'd be a lot of, lot of redemption that's not real. Because what she, said, what she was trying to tell me is this, you can't earn your way back. There's only one way you're going to get redemption. It's not through you, it's through Christ. Christ wants to do something in you. That's why we read about it in Matthew 5. Let your good deeds shine so that others will see them and glorify your Father in heaven. When we try to do good deeds and outweigh our bad, what we try to do with our good deeds is we try to make people look at us. But our good deeds are supposed to make everyone look at our Father in heaven, not us. See, that's why redemption, we need a relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to understand that it starts with him. See, redemption doesn't come from those who need redemption. It doesn't work that way. It comes from the Redeemer. Picture this. You can collect all the bottles and cans you like. But if you don't go to the recycle center and where they give you money for the recycles, you're going to be left with junk. Right? You can collect all, you can, you can collect all the bottles and cans. Your whole garage filled with it. But if you don't take it to the redemption center, it just sits. It gets stink. Get cockroaches all over the place. But that's what happens with us. We see, we... we can't redeem ourselves. We need the Redeemer. We need a relationship. There's a story in the Bible, and, and you're going uh, to hear throughout this, this message today, you're going to hear from three people that we don't really think of in the Bible. But you're going to hear of three people who needed redemption, and they walked the road of redemption. And we're going to find this one in Luke 7. Luke 7, 36 to 50. I'm going to read it to you. Then one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And so Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and sat down. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet. And anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Simon was the Pharisee. And so he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. 
And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Verse 47, 48. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins? Then Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see, redemption isn't possible by us. Redemption, because of Jesus, is possible for us. Now, there's a very interesting thing we see in this story of Simon the Pharisee, this woman of the alabaster jar, and Jesus. Notice, Jesus was invited to go into Simon's house. The alabaster woman finds out where Jesus is, and she makes her way there. Back in those days, uh, they didn't have roads. They had all dirt roads, and the only way they would travel is by foot or by animal. And I don't know about you, but on a dirt road, when you're only traveling by foot or animal, there's some animal leftovers. So when people would go to each other's houses... Their feet would literally be dirty, covered in mud and whatever else knows. And so it was actually customary where the servants of the house would go and wash the feet of the guests. But if you notice, Simon didn't do that for Jesus. Simon just invited him in. You see, Simon was willing to invite Jesus into his home, but the woman with the alabaster jar was willing to invite Jesus into her life. And that is why redemption took place. That is why Jesus could say to the woman, go, your, your sins are forgiven. Not because Jesus was in the same vicinity, but because Jesus was in her life. She invited him into her life. She wanted a relationship, not a place of stature. Because we all know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you know or what you know, that doesn't redeem us. It's Jesus Christ. It's a relationship with him. I don't know about you. Anybody remember the movie Aladdin? The Disney movie Aladdin? There's something very interesting in there. I love that movie, especially. And I was just actually thinking about it. I was like, oh, this is a sad part in the movie. But you know what my favorite part in the movie is? Is when Genie looks at Aladdin. He's like, okay, you, you got everything you want, Aladdin. You got everything. I guess I'll go back to being a genie. And then Aladdin looks at him and says, Genie, you're free. See, Genie couldn't be free unless Aladdin said or wished him free. You and I can wish to be free all we like, but it's not until Jesus says we're free. 
It's not until we have that relationship with Jesus that we'll hear him say, you are free. You're free to be exactly who I created you to be. You're free no longer being bound by the bad decisions or sin or shame or whatever is holding you back. You're free. You're free. See, Jesus sees the junk in our lives. And he says, come follow me. Come follow me. See, he doesn't only invite us to redemption, he invites us to having an intimate relationship with him. See, when I made that bad decision years ago, I didn't realize that. Because, yeah, I knew about Jesus. I knew about him. I, used to, I was coming to church. I was serving. I knew about Jesus. I knew who Jesus was. I knew Jesus was the one that died on the cross. I knew that Jesus was the one that rose again. I knew that he was the Lord and Savior. I knew that he was all that. But, th- but that's different. See, Jesus doesn't want us to know stats about him. He wants us to know him. And when I found myself on that, on that starting point of the road of redemption, I heard Jesus say, yeah, you're going to need to know me so that I can start redeeming you, so that I can start changing your life, so that I can start molding you, so that I can make you into who you're called and created to be. You can know all the stats about me, but unless you know me, nothing's going to change. It's the same thing with our lives. We got to be willing to say, Lord, I don't want to just, just know about you. I, I got to know you. I don't want to, I'm going to say this very boldly. I don't want to just be a church attender. I want to be somebody who knows what it means to be the church, and that is by having a relationship with you. I want to know you because that's how you're going to start to redeem me. I cannot redeem myself, but you can. And as we continue on this road of relationships, we'll find the, the second part. And this is why we need to have a relationship with Jesus because the road of relationship will require suffering. It will. We don't like to hear that word, suffering. We want easy lives, we want good lives, we want comfortable lives. But the reality is, a lot of times, it's those reasons that got us in the first place to why we have to start on the road to redemption. See, it says it like this in, in John 15, 18 to 19. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. See, we have to be willing to experience suffering to have a redeemed life. I don't know about you, but that, that's, that's the truth no matter what. That life is going to be filled not just with happy times, but with painful times. And when it comes to living for Jesus, there's going to be pain. I say this all the time to our youth. I tell them, a lot of, uh, the, one of the biggest misconceptions we have is, okay, yes, Lord, I believe in you. I, I come to you know as my Lord and Savior. And then we think Jesus is just going to make our lives like a Disney movie. I don't know if you've watched any of the Disney movies, but there's pain in Disney movies. And there's going to be pain in our lives, even when we start to live our lives for Jesus. You see, there is no way other than taking a shortcut that we can be redeemed and not expect to suffer because it's the truth. Although we don't want to hear it, it's the truth. 
No, why, why does it hurt? Why, does, why, why are you saying that it's going to hurt and all this? Well, we have to remember that Jesus himself experienced suffering on the road to our redemption. Jesus didn't just say, hey, you're redeemed. I wish. I wish it was that easy. But wishing is for genies and Aladdin. The reality is Jesus said, I'm going to redeem you by taking nails in my hands and my feet, dying and being put in a tomb. You talk about suffering. That's what Jesus did for us. He suffered so that you and I could be redeemed. And the reality is Jesus redeems us from living for this world to living our lives for him. 2 Timothy 3.12 Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You're gonna, we're going to suffer. When we choose to live our lives for Jesus, we're going to suffer. But you know what? We're going to suffer in life anyway. We're going to suffer. We're going to experience things in our lives that are painful. We're gonna, our lives are going to be filled with suffering. I don't know about you, but I'd rather suffer for the Lord than anything else. Because when we suffer for the Lord, there's a word for it. It's called discipline. It's discipline. Think about it. If you want to get in shape, and not round, but shape. <laughs> if you want to get in shape and you start lifting weights and all that, I don't know, about, I, don't know I don't think there's anyone that has ever said, you know what, I'm going to go lift weights. And oh, I, felt, I felt good, no pain. The reality is if when you lift weights and you exercise, your body starts to feel pain. Why? Because you weren't doing that. You were being comfortable. You were being a potato. I know this from my own life experience, trust me. Because <laughs> I remember I'd go to the gym. I remember the first time I went to a gym. I was in high school. And uh, true story, I'm allergic to uh, anything manual laborish. So, uh, so I was in high school, and so I go to the gym with my friends, and, and my, my friends are all skinny guys, and I'm the only one that's a, a circle. And so, and so they're lifting weights, you know, they're running on the treadmill, they're doing all this stuff, and, and so I go, and, and, and I'm competitive. Okay, I am competitive. And so when I see them lifting stuff, I'm going to go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And scrawny guy lifting, you know, or bench pressing, you know, 200 pounds. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, go. <laughs> Kicking your legs and all that. And so I, lived, I, I remember the first day, I, I never did take shower. I was in so much pain because my body was going, brother, the only, the only weight you've been lifting is the Big Mac. <laughs> you got you to gotta start. You, the pain you're feeling, though, is good because it's your body saying you're starting to exercise. You're starting to get in shape. See, we're going to suffer in our lives. There's good pain and there's bad pain. If I'm going to live my life, I want the good pain. Because the bad pain, not worth it. It's the same way for Jesus. We're going to, it's required. We're going to have to experience pain. When I started, when I uh, began walking on the road of redemption, there was pain involved. Pain of, I couldn't, do, uh, I couldn't be part of what God wanted to do in other people's lives because he was working on my life. And it was hard because there, there was things that I used to love and 
And God was saying, you can't, you can't do that right now because of, of what I want to do in your life. See, that's one of the pains that we face when we start to live our lives for Jesus and he redeems us from where we're at to where he wants us to go is we're going to experience pain because he's moving us from one position to another. Romans 6, 1 to 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who, who die to sin live any longer in it? See, the reason why we suffer on the road to redemption is because we go from the old life that we were used to to the new life that God has for us. And you know what's interesting is this. We get so comfortable in our lives that once we start to experience pain, we'll do anything to go back to not feeling pain. When I, when I was going to the gym, I used to feel pain, and then, and then eventually uh, it got better, and then I stopped. I stopped going to the gym because we got busy at school and stuff. And then when I went back to the gym, it hurt. So you know what I did? I left. I didn't go eat food. I went back to lifting Big Macs instead of, or mixed plates instead of actual plates. Yeah. You see, one of the things that we do is we're so comfortable in our old ways and our old lives that when God says, hey, you know what, I'm redeeming you. I want to change you. I want to move in your life. It's going to hurt. But you got to trust me. A lot of times we'll go, wait, 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 God, wait, wait. I was with you the whole time. I was with you. I, I want to be redeemed. Yeah, Lord, I want to follow you. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's, there's pain? Wait, 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 wait. You, I didn't know there's going to be pain involved. Okay, yeah, I know you want me to live this way, but, but it's, it's painful if I do go that way. Is it, what, if I, what if I do this and this? And God looks at us and says, hey, uh, you want me to redeem you or not? Because I can, I can redeem you for all the part that you're willing to let me redeem. But just letting you know, and this is what he t- spoke to me. He said, just letting you know, being half redeemed isn't redeemed. It's a shortcut. There's a story in the Bible. It's found in John 8, and I love this story. So Jesus is, is in a town, and these people, and many of us know this story. Well, this group of people bring this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And they bring her before Jesus, knowing who Jesus is, and they say, Jesus, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Tell us, what should, we, what should be done? What should we do to her? Because the law of Moses says that anyone caught in the act of adultery shall be stoned to death. To death. Now, I love, the, I love Jesus' reaction because Jesus sees it and then he sits down. He just starts writing in the, the sand, the, the dirt. And he don't even imagine what, what the whole group of people are thinking. They're like, Jesus, we just brought this woman in front of you who's been caught in the act of sin and, and you're sitting down drawing in the dirt? And so they look, at, they look at Jesus, Jesus, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. What should we do? Because the law of Moses says we should stone her to death. And Jesus stands up. He says, anyone without sin can cast the first stone. And one by one, they drop their stones and they drop the rocks that they're holding in their hand and they walk away. 
After they all walk away, Jesus looks at the woman and says, Woman, where are those who are, who are here to accuse you, to condemn you? And the woman says, There's no one, Lord. There's no one here to condemn me. And Jesus says, Well, neither do I. And this is the part of the scripture I love the most. He says, Go and sin no more. See, Jesus brought redemption. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to love you and save you from your sin. But you need to go and sin no more. In other words, your old life, you can't, ha- you can't have it anymore because I'm in it. I'm here to redeem you. It's the same way in our lives. See, we can't, we can't expect for Jesus to redeem us if we're continuing in our old ways. That's insane. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. The truth is, we, we got to start to understand that we're going to suffer. We're going we're gonna to suffer because our old friends are going to call us. Hey, you can come out this week. We're going to get tempted with our old, uh, our old desires, our old temptations. And it's going to hurt because your, your life is so used to it that you want to do it. But God is saying, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. You're gonna, I know you're, you're going to suffer, but trust me when I tell you this. At the end of this suffering, you're going to be way better than where you're at now. Why? Because in this, you start to look more and more like my son. That's the redemption God wants to bring to us through his son. See, Christ wants to do something new in our lives. He moves us from comfortable to uncomfortable and from old to new. Luke 5, 37 to 38 says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. See, when I, when I, what I realized was, Jesus wanted to do something new in me, but if I didn't allow myself to say, you know what, give me a new heart. Give me a new mind to see what you want me to see, to think the thoughts that you have for me, a heart to love the way you want me to love, a life that would be lived for you. If all I did was say, Jesus, I want you to redeem me, but stay in the old, then as he would pour himself into me, it would break. It wouldn't last. There would be no redemption because I wouldn't be able to hold on to it. And so when I was going through my, my own path, I heard the Lord say, you got you to gotta suffer. Your old ways cannot be your new ways. You're going to have to let go of how you used to think and how you used to act and how you used to be because I'm calling you to be someone even greater. Because the last thing is this. The road of redemption leads to salvation. The road of redemption leads to salvation. Romans 3, 22 to 24 says, we are, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. You see, salvation is different from redemption because salvation is the saving of our soul from the judgment of our sins, from the consequences of our sins. 
Jesus frees us from the penalty of death and gives us life. He redeems us from receiving the punishment from God by taking the punishment for us. Through Jesus, we are given everlasting life in eternity. You know, one of the things I, I, I didn't understand until uh, later on as my relationship with Jesus uh, matured is this. I used to always think when bad things happened to me, it was because of my sin. I always used to think, oh, man, okay, well, you know, uh, God must be punishing me this because, because of my sin. Oh, God must be punishing me because I did this or that. Now, there's consequences. Like, if I put my hand on the stove that's hot, I'm going to get burned. It's not God punishing me. It's me being dumb. It's my consequences. And this is what I learned. There's consequences for my sin. But God's punishment? God doesn't punish me. He already paid the, Jesus already paid the punishment for my sins. Stop blaming God for punishing you. I had to, t- I had to tell myself that. Ben, you got to stop, stop saying God is punishing you because if you really want to know what your punishment was for all your sins, look at Jesus. Because it's all there. It's on the cross. What's happening to you right now? Consequences. But your punishment, all paid for on the cross. See, salvation is this. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves if we're the ones in need of saving. If you're drowning in the water, you cannot save somebody else who's drowning. It's the truth. And the reality is that we often find ourselves on the road to destruction while God is calling us to to follow his son on the road to redemption. See, when Jesus redeems us, he gives us hope, even in the most hopeless places. Before Jesus died on the cross, many of us know that when Jesus got nailed to the cross and they put him up, he wasn't there alone. There were two other criminals. And so as time was going by, there's many people mocking Jesus, saying, oh, if you're the son of God, if you're the Messiah, then come off the cross. And what actually happened is one of the criminals actually looked at Jesus and and started doing the same thing. They're like, yeah, if you're the so-called son of God, then why don't you come off the cross yourself? But catch the heart of the other criminal. The other criminal looks at, looks at the other criminal and looks at Jesus and says, do you not understand? You and I are here because of what we did. But this man did absolutely nothing to pay this, to, for this punishment. This man did absolutely nothing to be here. We're criminals. We're the ones that deserve this. But he didn't deserve it. And then he looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, Lord, remember me. Remember me. This is a man who's about to die. He's on the cross. He's been convicted of whatever crime he did, whatever sin was committed, whatever. Here he is, a criminal with Jesus. And right before he dies, right before his moment of, on this earth comes to an end, he looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, remember me. In other words, almost like saying, Jesus, redeem me. And Jesus looks at him and says, truly I tell you, you will be with me in paradise today. Even at that last moment, Jesus was saying, was willing to say, I can save you because you called me, not just called me, but I am your Lord. I can redeem you. I can save you. 
And that's what, it, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to save us from the punishment of our sins. He came to give us hope. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned us for or planned for us long ago. See, when Jesus comes to redeem us, he saves us from the punishment. But not only that, he rescues us and brings us back to what God's original design was for our lives. See, I don't know if you know this, but before Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, God had an original design for mankind. Sin came in and broke it. But even from that moment, God knew. God had a plan saying, okay, I see this. I see what, I see what has happened. I see what, what's happening with my creation. I have a plan. And my plan is my son. See, Jesus takes the messiness, the brokenness, the junk of our lives and our hearts and our souls, and he redeems it so that we can be called his masterpiece. See, Jesus' redemption for our lives allow us to live according to the purpose that God has for us. As I continue to, as I understood all these points in my life, I found myself there. I found myself with the Lord saying, you have a calling on your life. And as you continue to follow me, it doesn't matter what your, your decision, your bad choice back then. Because I am looking for where you're going to go now. I'm seeing where, where, I see where you're going to be. I see your future. I see your, I'm giving you hope for that future. See, God loves us so much that he redeems us from our past so that we can focus on the present and look forward to the future. When we walk on that road of redemption, that's what takes place. But you know what? It's going to take a relationship with him, suffering, and understanding that it all leads to being saved. As you saw in the video, God creates us as a masterpiece. And what's so great about it is when we come, when we go on the road of redemption, as we continue to walk, there's something that takes place. God says, let go of the baggage that you're carrying. Let go of the baggage that you're carrying. Give it to me. Because I want to redeem you. I want to I take you from where you're at right now. I love you way too much to say I'm going to let you stay where you're at. Because the reality is, for some of us here, we're like this. Bark. Tree. Not even Wood. And God is saying, this is, this is your past. This is where you're at right now. And although, although it's good, it doesn't fulfill my purpose in your life. It doesn't fulfill the calling I placed on your life. So I'm going to redeem you. If you let me, I can take you from this and make you into who I called and created you to be. It's not going to be simple. 
See, if you know anything about God's son, Jesus, before he started his ministry, he was a carpenter. And so Jesus says, okay, are you ready to take this road of redemption with me? It's going to hurt a little bit. In fact, as you walk on this road, I'm going to... I'm going to start shaping your life. I'm going to cut out all the junk. I'm going to take away the scars. I'm going to move you beyond your sin. And sometimes as, as he does that, we hear that sound and it hurts. I'm like, Jesus, do you know what you're doing? I thought you said you are going to redeem me. Why does it hurt? Why that sound? And then he says, it's the same sound I heard when I paid the price so that you could be redeemed. It's the price, that, that's the sound I made. The sound that was heard all over the world. Because I paid the price for your redemption. And then we continue on. We continue on, we continue on. And, and one of my friends, Brandon Ahu, who's a pastor at Metro Christian Church in Oahu, said it like this. The moment this stops is the moment that God says, I don't love you anymore. And that's never gonna happen. And then at the end of it all, after we are done with our time on the road of redemption and, and God continues to make us in who he called us to be. There's something that takes place. It's transformation. Because God wants to redeem you to this. So that you and I would look more like his son. That's what redemption is all about. God loved you so much that he was willing to send his son to pay the price for you and I. Will it hurt? Yes. But it hurt his son way more. God is saying to you, I see your old life. I see, your, I see where you're at now. I see this. But although, you're, but although this is okay, I don't want you to be okay. I want you to be great. I want you to not look like the world, but look more like my son. You might be here this morning and maybe, maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel like, Lord, there's nothing that you can do to redeem me. I've done so much wrong in my life. The Old Testament is, the New Testament is filled with people who thought the same thing. Peter, Paul. People who thought, there's no way, Lord, you could take someone like me. There's no way you could redeem my life. But just as he did with them, he's saying unto you and I, come follow me. Follow me on this road of redemption. Put your hope, faith, and love in me and trust me that I want to bring you 
from where you're at to where I call you to be. Because I love you too much for you to stay where you're at. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we come to you this morning. And Lord, our prayer is this. Lord, there may be some of us here that we feel like we're stuck in the mud. We feel like we don't deserve another chance. We feel like sinners, not even worthy of you to grace us. We're here. I want to hear your voice. And what you're saying to us this morning is this, come follow me on this road. Come follow me on this journey. Pick up your bags. And watch what I'm going to do with you. Watch what I'm going to do with your life. It starts by having a relationship with my son, Jesus, who I sent to this world to die for your sins. It's going to require some suffering. But ultimately, it's going to be, be, it's going to, be to save you. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that, it, that is feeling that on their heart, Lord, that you would just speak to them right now. In fact, I'm going to ask with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed. For those of you who are here this morning, and maybe you're saying, Lord, I need, I need to start this road of redemption with you. I've done things in my past I'm not proud of, and I've done things, Lord, I don't even know, but I need your redemption, Lord. I, I want to I be more like you. So transform my life. Make me into your image. I know it starts by having a relationship with your son. If there's anyone here this morning that would say, that's me, would you raise your hand? Raise your hand in faith, yes. The Lord sees you. The Lord sees you. Would you? The Lord sees you. Yep, over there. I'm going to ask, you can put your hands on. I'm going to ask everyone just to repeat after me. I'm going to say a prayer. And, and although I'm going to lead you in the words, you just add the heart and you mean it. Because you're not saying it to me. You're not saying it to each other. You're saying it to the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for my sins for giving me new life, for redeeming me. Help me as I walk on this road, not alone, but holding your hand. Bring out of me who you call me to be. Transform my life. I look forward to what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you so much. And Lord, we'll never be able to say it enough, but we love you. Thank you for saving us from our own sin. Thank you for paying the price for our sin. And thank you for loving us the way that you do. We look forward to what you're going to do as we take this road with you and who you're calling us to be. We love you. 
And we pray for all these things in Jesus' name. And the church would say, amen, amen, amen.